Good morning, girls and gays. Thanks for tuning in to Tindergarten, a veritable show and tell of the good, the bad, and the dramatic of 21st century queer dating. I'm your host, Raksha, and class is now in session. week, I'm joined by my good friend Tyler. Tyler is a southern boy turned Minnesotan who loves to cook, draw, and make me look bad with his skill at foreign languages. Thank you so much, Tyler, for not only joining me this week, but encouraging me to start this podcast. Is there anything you'd like to add about yourself? Uh, first off, thanks for having me. Um, second off, I guess, there's a, there's a lot of words I guess I could use to describe me. I'm kind of a jack of all trades and um, master of none, but I, as far as what I identify as, I uh, identify as gay, which feels like the most relevant thing to, to mention for this podcast, but also um, grew up in the South, grew up in Atlanta, um, Jewish, uh, culturally, I'm more or less non-practicing now, do a little bit of climbing here and there, do a little bit of uh, outdoor sports, good bit of painting, do some foreign language stuff, so, you know, German, French, uh, which is where we met, actually, right, is Switzerland, yeah. oh, I guess briefly before Switzerland. I feel like in Switzerland, we never hung out at all. Like, we rotated in the same orbits. We didn't hang out for the first half, I think, because we were, like, committed to meeting non-Americans. And then by the second <laughs> half, we were, like, I think we settled into it. We, like... Well, it was it was funny, because, yeah, I feel like I feel like we went over there and we're like, oh, we're not going to be those uh, those students who go over, go abroad and only hang out with Americans. So I think we both were kind of spiteful about the whole American thing. Um, right. And then we noticed how hard it is to speak speak French all the time. Yeah, it kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My first semester, I was so sad. Like, I was so sad my first semester. I remember that. I was so depressed crazy. for my first semester. People never talk about this when they talk about their study abroads. But, like, that first little bit sucks. Yeah. I thought, I totally thought I was going to, um, like, go home. Like, I didn't think I was going to be able to make a full year. And... Like, I, I remember even my first day was just awful. Like, we had gotten, almost missed our flight, to, like, from France, right? Yeah. Because yeah, we flew in, flew in together, almost missed our flight from France, got to Switzerland. I don't know where my place is. My phone's dead. It starts raining. I have, like, 60 pounds worth of luggage I'm trying to drag around Lausanne, and I'm expecting this place to look like, uh, I don't know, what you imagine Europe. To. It was my first time in Europe, and, like... Me too. It ended up looking just like this very industrial, kind of like gray, scary, not welcoming place. But you know what? You killed it off the bat. I remember us getting off the flight, getting into the train station and not knowing which way to go. And you you asked a stranger in French which direction the train was going and stuff. And I remember being like, great, I'm glad I'm with him. <laughs> I mean, I guess I, but I feel like when I was speaking, like it might have sounded like I was speaking French, but I'm sure it was just like straight up gibberish. Like I was, my heart was pounding. I was like jittery. Like I'm already like anxious to talk to strangers in the first place. So talking to strangers in a language where I'm not even sure if I'm saying it right. Like 12 years or however long of French out the door. Oh yeah, same. All gone. So now you're in Minnesota. Tell me yep. a little bit about your personal projects there. You were telling me something about um, pizza making and you did some drawing for Inktober. What are you into right now? So I don't, I feel like I always have a project going on and then I get super into it and then I lose focus and then I'll move on to another project. So I was doing Inktober, I was doing illustration. I convinced myself I was going to write a graphic novel. Uh, this winter before that, I was like, I'm going to write a novel. And then in between, I was like, I'm going to become the best climber, rock climber ever. And so right now I've uh, taken a break from, so I guess my last personal project was being gay so I, I just recently came out of the closet a couple months ago and so I was trying to really figure out what it all meant and I was like oh this is a great thing to work on but then that's that's over now not over it's always a learning process but at least the, the hard yeah yeah so I'm focused on food right now which I think is my uh true love in life and um so I started doing a pizza project I was doing um a pizza week and then eventually got bored of that. So right now I'm just, I think I'm going to try to get a food blog together or try to start recipe testing. So I'm digging into a lot of um, Southern Jewish cuisine, um, Southern vegetarian cuisine, 
Yeah. Um, I mean, right now I have a bunch of pasta that's just doing its thing over on the counter. So right after this, I'll be hopefully noshing on some fresh, fresh stuff. I feel like my hobby is being queer <laughs> and then everything <laughs> else, I find a way to squeeze that into there. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm like organizing pride stuff or I'm doing a little podcast or I'm writing a little essay. It's never, yeah, sticking with one thing is hard. Well, it's funny that you say that because I was saying, the reason I got into this food thing is I was thinking a lot about identity and about who I was and who I am as a person and how my queer identity fits in with my Southern identity, fits in with my Jewish identity and all these identities being yeah. things that I have more or less at one point, not not shunned, or, but like kind of denied or not um, paid attention to. And so I was sitting there and I was like, what is gay food? Still working on that one. But I, I read some 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 interesting articles on it. Speaking of indecisiveness and liking lots of things, tell me a little bit about your dating app experiences. What apps do you use? What what are you looking for? What have you enjoyed? Oh God. Um, so I guess I'm still figuring out like like everyone's like, oh what like what's your type? And I feel like I don't have a type. I feel like I'm still so new to the game. I'm I'm either just attracted to someone and or I'm not. So I'm kind of casting a wide net. I found Tinder and Bumble are usually the the apps I'm using the most um, when I'm using the apps just because I'm typically looking for something a little bit more serious and I found that more success with those than other ones. Hinge has always seemed, I tried Hinge once and it seemed a little bit desperate. Like the guys I was meeting on there seemed like they were like trying to like date me please and I like to pretend I'm a little bit you know more easy breezy than I actually am. I'm I'm like Tinder like what's the word for it? I'm a Tinder stan. How about that? We'll just keep it at that. I I always try to get on something else because sometimes I get tired of Tinder and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe it's better out there and the rest of the world, but it's not. It's worse. And then I go back to Tinder and I'm appreciating it again. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like that's good to have something, especially because you're in New York City. So the issue I'm having with the apps over here in 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 sunny old minneapolis it's in the middle of a blizzard right now like i run out of matches too quickly because I, I think they put a cap on it and it's like there's no one else in your area and you have to wait like and it's like five a day of people who come in and then you have to go on the other apps and you i see people deleting their like I, i'll see the same people on the apps multiple times they'll delete their account and reload it and refresh it just because it's like oh well if i didn't <laughs> if i didn't swipe right on you i didn't talk to you the first time second time's always you know there like there's been people that i've swiped twice on and, and people who i've seen three four times that i've you know swiped yes and still not gotten you know a swipe back or I've, <laughs> every time i'm like maybe this time when i'm matching with men or i'm predominantly seeing men or i've set my filters to men i don't feel like i see repeats or multiple people but when i'm when i just switch it to like women I definitely run out of matches and I definitely see the same people over. That's frustrating. It really de-incentivizes like looking for female partners on dating apps, honestly. And it makes me feel, I mean, like men, I've, I've narrowed down men to be my only, my only preference right now. So at that, at that point, it's kind of like, I run out, I guess I'm never going to fall in love. <laughs> like, I'm never going to meet someone. But then, you know, people are always moving in and out of the city. And, yeah. you know, I have to remember that not everyone is on the app. So not everyone's looking for something right now. And going to have to hope that something happens a little bit more organically, um, which is difficult because I feel like our dating culture has focused so much on online like dating and dating apps. I've been feeling burnt out on like dating culture a little bit recently, but I realized what I'm actually burnt out on is um, straight men. So <laughs> Same. So I just, I'm going out with this queer person tonight and I'm like genuinely excited about it again. I thought I was so burnt out. Like I was getting the messages on the apps and I was like screenshotting them and posting them to my Finsta. And I was just like, damn, these straight men are so shitty. Can I just, I'm going to read some of the ones from this week, because there were some real gems. All right, go for it. This one guy, his opening line this week was, don't let this get to your head, but all around 11 out of 10 profile. All right, buddy. I well, will it, seems like he, it seems like he does recognize that you have a ego issue. I mean, you do 
run a podcast. <laughs> well, I think I'm too good for him, and he was right. I just <laughs> he admitted it before I did. <laughs> I feel like that's so weird, though. When people, when people like, I feel like I, mean, I don't, feel, I don't feel like people do it maliciously a lot of the time. I feel like what happens is when people want to compliment, they don't want to sound too forward or they don't want to sound too needy. So they feel like they need to throw a negative in with it. And you're like, no, you just sound like an asshole. Do you know what the word negging is? Uh, no, I'm like a 50-year-old man and a 20-something-year-old Yeah, guy. I think it's like, um, it's like a word that comes up when you, do, when you read up on like relationship concepts and stuff. Like when you, um, which I do a lot of, I read up on like how jealousy works and like why we feel certain ways and why these dynamics are important. But negging is this, um, it's this thing where like, guys put okay the stereotypical way it's like presented is like men putting women down as they're hitting on them it's the passive aggressive comment it's the like oh like honestly that that dress doesn't make your legs look as that big or something or or being like oh you drink impressively like almost like a man like with like oh you're smart for a girl kind of like stuff like that yeah it's the it's the yeah, bringing your confidence down while you feel like you're supposed to thank them thing. I hate that. And now that I've like become aware of it, I just see it all the time and I have no patience for it. I don't blame you. That's so I haven't had to do obviously, I guess my situation's a little different, but I've also I don't know if it's just I'm sure it's more prevalent with like men and women like dating, but I've had people on my like on my Tinder kind of be assholes and then think that's endearing in some like I had yeah. one guy try to, like, I had posted something on my Tinder bio being, like, moved from Atlanta to Minneapolis. And I used three, um, are they the carrot signs? The lesser, greater than signs? Yeah. Those, those things in a row. And I was like, oh, it's, you know, a neat graphic way of doing this. He goes, does that mean that you think that Atlanta's better than Minneapolis? Or you think that, um, or you move from there? And I was like, uh, it just means I move from there. He goes, well, typically when I do it, I do it this way. Mm-hmm. Like, this, that's not cute like what, are you trying to impress me by insult, insulting me yeah or acting like I don't understand basic social functions because I know I don't understand basic social functions <laughs> I don't you need, don't need to, to point that out to me you know I'm hard on myself sometimes sometimes I'm like wow you like why would people listen to your podcast like what's going on How, like and then as soon as a man says it to me I'm like who the fuck <laughs> I am a queen and you are lucky that I even swiped on you oh my god and I just like honestly it's good for my confidence <laughs> no it's not good for my confidence they're shitty they shouldn't be shitty no, no man listening to you're, cut, you're cutting you're cutting them out you know what you like you know what yep. you're looking for. I'm just trying to figure out if I at what point I just need to re- delete my apps and download them again and lower my standards so Never lower your standards. That is never the solution. Nobody has ever been like, my standards were, well, I don't know. Maybe we're young. Maybe we'll be like older and suddenly be like, man, I wish I'd, my standards had been more reasonable when I was younger. But like, I feel like we're young to feel that way. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if you know, if there are certain things that you know that you want, especially in my case, because I'm looking for something uh, more serious. Like if there's certain things that are deal breakers or certain things you're looking for in a partner, and someone isn't fulfilling those or isn't not necessarily meeting meeting your expectations, but if there's something that's really important and someone's not, yeah, I guess meeting that expectation and you know there are people that can meet that, it's like not unrealistic expectation. Yeah. Like to have a certain amount of empathy in a relationship or have a certain level of communication in a relationship. I think there's nothing wrong being like, this is something I need to function healthily in a relationship. And granted, there's going to be ebbs and flows and whatnot, but... I don't know. Who am I to speak? I've been dating for all, like, three, four months now, however long. (laughs) No, but you've been, like, a person for a long time. And I think, like, setting boundaries and standards and stuff is just, like, a thing we do in interpersonal relationships. I I was talking about this with my therapist this past week where we were just talking about boundaries. Like, I had a friend with benefits recently, and I set an emotional boundary and I like beat myself up before I did this I was like we're casual I can't ask for anything I don't want to be like high maintenance which is bullshit I really like bullied myself into being like a well-behaved girl I told him something was bothering me and he sounded like he listened and then the next day he dumped me 
And he turned it into this whole thing where he had all these reasons and he made it one thing and he made it another. So that way I felt crazy for being hurt. Like he made me the bad guy for having hurt feelings. That was insane. Like I felt so rejected, but then I also felt like I was punishing myself for feeling any feelings about it. I was like, oh, I shouldn't have cared. He's right. Like, yeah, maybe it would have messed up the friendship, whatever. But I don't know. In hindsight, I got to learn to set my boundaries and like not punish myself for having a boundary and casual yeah. things too. Uh, it's, I think it's complicated because it's so easy to look at these things in hindsight and you're like, oh yeah, I'll do this next time. And then I feel like every time I meet someone new that I'm excited about, I'm like, oh, this is different this time though. Like it's not the same as last time. And then right. um, I was talking to one of my friends and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm dating someone newish now. And he was like, oh, I feel like you say that every month and the name just changes. And I was like, oh. Big mood, though. My friends have always been like, we just need a newsletter to keep up with your life. So <laughs> like, I guess I'll make a podcast. You told me you've had a couple of cute drag queen names that you've thought of for yourself. Or in general, just good names. Oh, I must have been really drunk when I told you that because I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um... I know we talked about, I was like, maybe I want to do something literary, like um, like Joan Steinbuck, because I think when I was trying to write my novel, I was like, I'm going to do something that's going to be uh, like uh, John Steinbeck, but Jewish. So it's going to be like John Beckstein. And I think I just <laughs> transmuted it to being John Steinbeck, but what if gay? And now I'm thinking like, if I, if I were like, if I were a drag performer, I feel like I want to go something like like French and exotic. I don't know, like Madame La Bouche. I don't know. It's not good, but it feels it feels sultry. It feels it feels like kind of like I don't know the secret to drag queen name picking. I don't I don't know how like I, I know there's family names. I know some of them are just like funny, but I'm good at puns. I'm just there's like, a lot of pun ones, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like though like I'm just not <laughs> like, like <laughs> I feel like I don't know enough about drag to be like, oh, yeah, this is a good drag name. Because for me, it's just like, oh, this is a good pun. Or this sounds like, I don't know, like, like kind of like sexy. I'm thinking of like three drag queen names that I know. Like, I know someone who calls themselves Aaron Brockovich, which I think is really funny. That is. And, and someone else named Ivory Towers, which is just, like, not super punny or, like, witty, but, like, I think it suits her aesthetic. She does this, like, ice queen thing. All right. And then I know someone who does, like, South Asian drag, and it's Mango Lassie, which is, like... Oh, okay. Mango Lassie. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's, like... I think as you develop, like, a drag brand, people probably come up with a name based on their aesthetic. It's not just, like, wordplay or something, you know? Right, and I think I think there's also like there's drag families, so a lot of last names will come from true who your drag mom. I think drag mom. I if I'm getting any of this wrong, I feel like I'm gonna have a bunch of your listeners like coming and chasing me down because I'm I, I watch RuPaul's Drag Race in passing, but that's about the only extent of knowledge I have with drag. I accidentally took my grandparents to a drag show. Tell me about that story. Well, so it was it was a play. It was a play. A drag play. It was a drag play, but it played more like a just a straight up drag show. Like it had everything. Like it had the lip syncing. It had like the comedy bits. It had like I don't know. The, like it was like that plus the backstage. And I don't know. My my grandfather just <laughs> afterwards he was like, yeah, I liked it, but I could I feel like the entire time like his face was like, what did what did our grandson drag us to? And my grandmother is just loving the entire thing. So kind of tangentially, we've traveled together a lot. That's how we know each other. Have you ever used dating apps in different countries or cities? Well, I guess different country and city. The only time I've seriously used them was when I was studying with you in Switzerland. And I was not out at the, t out, not out at the time. And I was kind of using it to kind of start to explore a little bit. I never really used it seriously. Like, I never went on a date with anyone. But I would definitely talk to guys. But I was such a, like, I was such a sad boy for my first semester over there. Just, like, with stress and with being, it was my first time far away from, like, home and family and in a city where, like, you know, no one really speaks English. 
And so I'm having to rely on my French skills and I just wasn't feeling like myself. I remember some guys would send me messages and be like, hey, how are you doing? Like, and I'd be like, oh, you know, awful. <laughs> and Amazing. So do you also study architecture? Yeah, I study architecture. I hate it. And just being like, you know, not not a very fun person to talk to. Clearly didn't get any dates. Whenever I date abroad, it's always my, it's like my new tourist move. Like whether I'm traveling around India or in Dublin, I just, I'm opening the apps on the first night and just like hitting people up because it's great. You tell people you're going to leave. So you weed out people who want like a more serious thing. And then you have someone who'll like show you their favorite local bar or something and you get to meet a local and get to talk to them about their lives. And that's been really interesting. I've had some cool like political conversations or cool like culture sharing conversations and then great sex in hotel rooms. So <laughs> I've actually, I read an article, I think it was New York Times that was talking about that, that that's just a huge trend now in dating. Really? Yeah, with um, people using dating apps as a way of finding local tour guides of finding like the best food in the city, the best drinks in the city. And so, I mean, they're, they're very versatile platforms, I guess, for us to connect. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of just makes sense. It's a really easy way to meet strangers, honestly. Yeah. Have you had any really positive or rather negative first date stories? My very first date was over Skype. I, 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 I don't want to say it was negative because it was very inspiring in a weird Your way. Your very first date with a... With a man? With, with a man. With a man. Was over Skype. Yeah. Thank you for the clarification. No. Um, yeah. No. I, I, had, I had just come out of the closet like two weeks before and I was kind of like, okay, what, what's out there? And this guy almost immediately asked me on a date. And you know, he was cute enough. I wasn't like head over heels. But I was like, you know what? This is good to at least go out and have the experience. We talked a little bit. He's like, I'm busy this next week, but next weekend let's schedule something. I say, okay, yeah, and I'm like this whole week kind of like trying to get my own personal shit in order. That way I can actually go on the state and be a normal person and not be stressing out about, you know, my new queer identity. And instead, um, I get a message the morning of after I spend, I think, two hours getting ready, being like, hey, I'm so sorry to do this. I'd feel a lot more comfortable if we met over Skype first. Oof. And what was going through my head was, well, obviously disappointment, because I was excited to go on my very first date with a man, but also kind of confused. And I was like, I was so sh like, just shocked. I was like, I, I guess we can do this. Like, I'm already ready. I set the time aside. I was like, but he better have a good reason. And the first thing I did when we got on Skype, which I think right now, because we're Skyping right now, is mm -hmm. the second time I've used Skype since that date and before that. I don't think I used it since high school. Right. So <laughs> I had to like find my password and everything. And um, eventually he was just like, I was like, man, this is kind of weird. I've never been on a Skype date before. And just blew through the question, just didn't acknowledge it. And 20 minutes into the date, it felt like two hours. And it just, it was not, it was not good. I've had some lame first dates, but at the very least I can say I've never asked someone to Skype me instead of meet me in person. It was I think that's so a pretty low bar. It was so bizarre. And looking back, I'm like, I don't think I would ever do that ever again. But I was I was young. I was excited. And by young, I mean young in this process. A big I was, gay. I, I was a gaby. <laughs> I kind of am. Yeah, so that's I, definitely but, a for disappointing, like, first date out of the closet, especially. It uh, is. But it's, I mean, it's a good story. And also, it kind of, it inspired me because... After the date, I got, as I said, I'd gotten ready. And I was like, I look hot right now. I'm ready to go just like go out and just like find someone who's worth my time. And luckily, some of my friends from out of town were visiting. And mm -hmm. so I went out that night. And it just, as far as confidence went, I was like, you know what? I can go out. And I'm happy to say my standards have uh, gone up since. Congrats. Always important. So now I'd like to move into a section that I call Five Swipes. The way okay. it's going to work is... Just pull out your favorite dating app and describe to me, just in real time, what your thoughts are as you look at the first five profiles you see. All right. Well, as I said, I just recently started up my Tinder again. So we're actually looking at a fresh Tinder. Okay. Well, I did it. I did it last night. And so let's, let's dive into this. So we have this guy named Jordan, no age, financial professional, 
went to law school. First photo is him at the gym, gym selfie. He's ripped. It's pretty cute. Next one's a car selfie. Once again, very cute. Oh, there's a naked photo. But like it's like naked, art, naked? Artfully naked. It's like it's it's a selfie again. And it's like you can see half his face, but you can kind of see in the background there's a mirror. Ooh. And you can make out, but it's like very blurry. Like it's like you could show this on TV kind of like nudity, but he's very clearly naked in this photo. Um, it seems like he's very proud of his body. Like that is an immediate impression. Yeah, immediate impression. Proud of his body. Next one, pumpkin patch. So I guess he's also proud of his pumpkins. And then, yeah, a butt shot at the gym. Women's March. Pointing okay. at a picture of Obama. And then a really staged weird... It looks like one of those photos out of, like, like Nick Magazine. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It, it's very, like, there's, like, a crazy pattern in the background. And he's, like, very posed. And it almost looks Photoshopped. And almost looks like... I don't know how to describe it's a very it's a very jarring photo it, it looks like it's coming from a different decade he puts his instagram account and then an urban dictionary uh definition of what his name is okay which is a man who is a bad mother most likely a ninja or some other bad badass profession such as a porn star elected official super athlete or even ceo of your mom a jordan usually makes good money so my, my initial impression, my eyes go, yes. Like, I'm obviously attracted to this guy. But I think there's something about, like, too many selfies on a profile. That's just a huge turnoff for me. Because it's, I don't know, there's, like, it doesn't seem natural. It's, like, I don't see him with his friends. I don't see him out doing things besides posing naked in front of a mirror. So I'm kind of, like, yeah, like, what is your personality? And even what he, his, his one chance to describe himself was using someone else's description of his name and i like i don't know who this guy is so i'm gonna say no to this guy oh swipe left oh i got super liked guy so i've been super liked what are are your thoughts on super likes i think it makes me like the person less i i agree with you i don't want it to make me feel that way i'm like that that person like put themselves out there and that means that like you know i'm getting a guaranteed match and like maybe they'll probably start the conversation as well but it's like, it kind of ruins the Tinder momentum. Yeah, it's. I feel like there's a thrill to swiping on someone and not knowing whether or not you're going to match or not. So like, when you match, you're like, oh man. Yeah, because the first piece of information you have then is, I liked them. And so it's exciting that they liked you back. If the first piece of information you get is that they like you, then it's kind of like, you're evaluating from a different perspective. It's kind of like grade school in a way where where it's like someone's like, oh... I heard, you know, she likes you a lot. You should go on a date with her. And then you're kind of sitting there and you're like, you know, I could. I can make that work. <laughs> anyway, so he super liked me. It doesn't say anything about his job. It just says his location and his age. Um, he's cute. Once again, lots of selfies, like almost exclusively, self- exclusively selfies um, with like weird filters. His... <laughs> his bio is something else um he so it starts with just a hello on his bio and then goes straight into i think one of my biggest gripes on dating apps is when people do this okay it, so they're like it would be nice if guys would just actually respond once in a while just swipe left if you have no intention of talking seriously I hate yeah well it's, it sucks because self-pity because i feel like on dating apps right you have it's like there's a process to it right it's like you have the initial swipe then you have the match, and then you reevaluate. Because when you're swiping, you're just going sometimes on instinct. And then you yeah. can kind of pull through, and you're like, you know what, maybe this guy is a match for me, or maybe he isn't a match for me. But in this case, it's like, like if you're starting off with that. I agree, yeah, I just hate the self-pity. I hate that when guys are like, women never message first. Just all of that is so unattractive. It, it's like admitting that people don't want to message you back. Not only that people don't want to message you back, but that it's something that's a hit on your, you know, self-esteem that, like, you carry with you. Like, you carry that weight with you, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it sucks when someone doesn't respond back. But, you know, you're not going to match or, you know, get go on dates with every single person you're attracted to. 
Yeah. That's just the reality of life. Like, you shouldn't wear it on your sleeve. You should just move on and be like, you know what? I'm going to find someone else who I'm interested in. The next thing he says on his profile, just moving on here real quick, he says, nails are the best, aren't they? And then has a pride flag, which seems redundant. <laughs> I think the pride flag is fine. Because sometimes you don't know why someone's profile shows up and, like, it's good to know that they're queer. But, like, the males are great, aren't they? Is so cringy. Yeah, it's it's just not comfortable. Um, he says he's into politics, science, VR, movies, music. Once again, if you say you're into music, that's, like, I feel bad. I feel like I'm really tearing into this guy here. Now I feel like we have a gut feel that we don't like him. This is bad. Yeah, gut feel. <laughs> so we can, we can move on. But I'm just saying, like. Some vague things like that, I'm not into it. Music is such a vague interest. Everybody likes some music. Some, at least something more productive. Right. Like movies. It's like, okay, cool. I watch movies too. Like, this is a large part of pop culture. Next one, he's Kyle. Very cute. Funny second photo. He's, like, posing in front of one of those oversized, like, roadside attraction things. Okay. And making it. Uh, selfie. Not as good of a selfie. Photo with a dog. Cute photo with a dog. And then another photo. He's cute. Recently moved back to Minneapolis from LA. Dog dad. Has his height. Movie TV junkie. I would say, give you know, give it, give it a shot. So I'm yeah, it's still like right. pretty vanilla, but it's not bad. It's a match. And I, like, I feel like that's one of those things, right? Once again, with sometimes when people message first, I feel like if there's someone I'm very interested in, I'll message them first. And if they're very interested in me, I'll let them message first. Like if I'm not as interested, and then I'll pick it up from there. I very rarely will I not engage in a conversation. Next one. Oh, wow. He's Bo. He's an artist. First photo is like, just a good photo. Just like straight on. Next one is some of his art, I guess. Okay. Then it's him with a dog at a beach. And then some more of his art. And then like a kind of silly selfie. The guy looks like a weirdo, but like in a good way. His profile says, it says, actor, writer, designer, musician, art, sex, vegetables, doggy, Elliot Smith, Animal Collective, Boards of Canada, Mars Volta, non-binary, pansexual, non-monogamous. He had me until that. And so I, I don't think I could be in a non-monogamous relationship. I'm really glad he listed it, though, for that reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm not, like, I'm not upset about it. And I'm not, like, I'm not sitting here like, oh. Because otherwise, I think it's so easy on these apps because everyone wants something different. Yeah. And if you know what you're looking for, to kind of put it out there. That being said, I don't have that on my profile. Probably should. Yeah, it's no, whatever. It's their own. Okay, so left swipe. So this is our fifth one, right? Yeah, about this to be. Number five? All right, so this is Eric. He's cute. He looks like lots of, like, kind of, like, outdoorsy photos. So, like, him in mountains, mirror selfie, you know, hiking, uh, him with a lot of his friends. Like, looks like a pretty cool funny guy like in general like nothing on his profile is really sticking out as being like a big red flag also you're into outdoorsy people yeah exactly yeah i'm into outdoorsy people i should have probably prefaced that we've known each other long enough that i feel like sometimes i'm playing a lot of the subtext so yeah i'm typically into outdoorsy people i mean he, he looks like my typical type like kind of has a little bit of like a scruffy beard slightly sarcastic oh he has a fucking novel for a bio should i read the whole bio or you can give me the highlights. I'll give you the highlights here. Man, he has a really good, he has a really good, like, he just has a really solid, like, profile. Like, talks about, like, what's important to him, music. Talks about what music is important to him, his current obsessions. He yeah. has, like, a really cute, funny thing about, he's, like, recently learned that dry clean only tag on my sweat uh, sweater is not to be considered as a suggestion. That's and cute. Somebody, yeah, that's cute. It's, like, um, has his IG handle, and it's, like, looking for dates. So I'm okay. going to say yes to this guy. And we matched. Wow. You swiped right twice, and you matched with both of them, and yeah. you had a super like in there. I'm very impressed. I've, I've had a good, like, rebound back onto, back onto Tinder. I really curated my photos last night. I think that's fair. I think coming out of a disappointment from online dating, it's like time to get that validation again. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I feel great. Like, I chose, like, my hottest photo, even though it's, like, eh, it's not that old. It's, like, two years old. Is that too old for a photo? I don't have any recent photos. Nah, I mean, two years ago is when we were 
abroad, and I think you look pretty similar still. Yeah, it's oh, it was right. It was actually after I came back. It was yeah. right before I moved to Minneapolis. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I always feel weird doing that though. I just don't have any good photos of me in the past year. Mine are pretty. Still- mine are also pretty varied because I have. So I've done a lot of different things with my hair and aesthetic in general over the past college years and slightly after college. And so I have some where my hair is really long and kind of curly and then it's like it's like a bob and bleached. So I don't I I think that's fine. I think it's fine to give people like a range of what you can look like and it shows personality. It doesn't have to be exactly what you're going to look like on the day of the date. That's true. And I, I feel like I just I'm so stressed out about accidentally like feeling like I've catfished someone. Like, I show up, and they're just like, this guy was not at all as advertised. But I think everyone estimates for that. Like, I think you should be putting your best foot forward on the app, because once someone has agreed to meet you, you have a chance to show them your personality. So it's fine if you're, like, five points less cute than your pictures show. Not too much, but, like... Yeah, no, and I mean, I'm still, like, super cute. True. This is an ad for myself on here, in case anyone's listening and wants to come out to Minneapolis. Yeah, no, I, I just, I went on a date with um, with the guy I was dating previously to the, uh, now, and he told me, he's like, your app says you're 25, but you're saying you're 24, and it must have just been something that had happened from, like, when I first got my Facebook, and I kind of fudged a year or two, mm-hmm. and just transferred, and I just never knew, and I sat there, and I was mortified, because I thought I had just, like, lied to someone about, like, I don't know. It feels it feels weird to me to do that, like intentionally. Yeah, I gotcha. So you and I both had breakups with our not so casual but also not so serious online dating people just this past week. What a week! I know we both had just like a roller coaster. That's one of the reasons I wanted to do this interview today. How do you feel about it? I feel with mine. I feel kind of like it's going to be hard for us to be friends because we weren't friends to begin with. Like we met as online dating people. And now I'm like, I don't think I can integrate her back into my life in not that capacity. No, it's, and that's always the question. It's like, what is after, I feel like after a month of dating, you should start to get a feel for where the direction's going. Like, and I could totally feel in my own situation after the third date that like, I desperately wanted it to work. Because I was, and I still am. Like, I'm not going to lie. He's a very attractive guy, and I enjoyed spending time with him. But I also knew pretty, like, after third, fourth date, this wasn't going to be something long-term. And both of us knew that we were looking for something long-term. So when we broke it off, he told me something like, it was more of a friend vibe I was giving off than a romance vibe, which is always a really kind of crappy thing to hear. I think especially as new into the dating scene as I am, because I'm sitting here thinking, am I doing gay wrong? Like, am yeah. I not? Like, like, and I was fine with it. And I think rejection sucks. But in this case, it's someone I don't think I could see hanging out with outside. And he even dropped something along the lines of, oh, maybe we can go climbing sometime. I'm like, you don't like climbing. Like, that's, we acknowledge the reason that we're not jiving is because we don't have enough common interests. Why do you think we're going to hang out outside of this? That being said, I hope he's happy doing what he's doing now. I'm feeling very relieved uh, in a lot of ways. I feel the same about mine. I feel I feel definitely sad. Like, by coincidence, I ended up at the bar last night with my friends that I had gone on with a first date with her. And I just, I kept, like, looking around because I knew it was one of her favorite bars in the city. And it's one of my favorite bars in the city. And I was like, I, with my luck, I'm going to run into her 24 hours after I broke up with her. It's going to be awful. And I just, I was so sure it was going to happen and I was really on edge, but it also made me really reflect on it. And I was like, until the end when it got a little stressful, I really liked her. Like it was, it was fun. I was so excited about it in the beginning and it just, our baggages ended up being incompatible at the end basically, but I still wish her well. And I like hope we can connect as friends, but yeah, I guess it's not the end of the world if we don't find a way to make that happen. Yeah. And that's, but that's that's the nature of relationships and that's the nature of dating. I feel like a lot of times, sometimes you go in with the intention of one thing and you come out with nothing. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you come out with something different. Um, one of the guys I first dated out here, we once again dated for about a month, got the same like getting the friend vibe from you conversation. Mm. Um, 
But about two weeks later, I kind of reflected and I was like, you know what? I enjoyed spending time with you and I don't think I really saw it in a romantic light either. I think I was just so excited to be dating someone. Yeah. Um, and now we're still friends. Like, we speak like once a week or so and like not hanging out all the time, but I got something out of it that I wasn't expecting. Maybe I'm doing something wrong in that sense because I, I have a hard time talking to people after we've online dated, even if it was good. So... I have this book right now on my nightstand that has just been like judging me for months Mm -hmm. because I borrowed it from a guy I was half dating and seeing from like October to December ish. And I borrowed it from him the last time I saw him. And then sometime between me borrowing it and now we stopped wanting to hang out still. We're not, we didn't like have a fight or anything, but I just have this book on my nightstand that I'm like, I don't want to take his like nice hardcover new edition, like book that is, I, I feel so bad, but I don't know how to, like, make plans to meet him just to hand over this book. So. I, have the same, I have the same issue. I have a book, too, from someone. That, and this was before even I came out. It was someone I was hanging out with as friends, I think. <laughs> I mean, another gay man, but, like, I was, like, we were, like, hanging out as friends. He gave me this book, and then we just stopped talking. Oh. And I was like, okay, well, I have this book now. So, yeah, no, it's it's weird. And I feel like... As long as you're open to the nature of, you know, relationships changing, I think one of the great things about online dating, especially, I think, within the queer community, and especially for someone in my position where I'm so new to the community, is it does, in some ways, provide an outlet where I can still make friends and I still can find people within the community that I otherwise normally would not. That's really interesting. I remember something that we would talk about in college queer spaces is that a lot of the spaces that you can meet queer adults in are drinking or sex-oriented spaces. Like, it's either gay bars or, like, hookup apps and, like, dating world to be finding each other as partners. It's really hard to, like, organically find queer people and not be drunk with them. Yeah. No, it's true. And, it, and it's still difficult. I mean, even with dating apps, you're going out for drinks. It happens so often, but I think... I think just the, the, the ability to meet people outside of your immediate circle and outside of your immediate community. Like, I have a lot of gay friends, but it's only by proxy. It's only by, like, co- like coincidence. I've met them through classes, met them through school, met them through climbing. It's not, like, it, it just is coincidental. And in this case, it, it's something where it's, like, I know that there's a potential of me being friends with someone at the end of a date instead of it being romantic or me never talking to them. And more often than not, it's never talking. There's still the possibility of it, and I think that is something that's almost vitally underused and I feel like some of these apps. Agreed, agreed. That being said, when I do see profiles that say, just here for friends, I get very frustrated. True, also true. (laughs) Bumble now has Bumble friends. Yeah, and I've used it before. When I first moved here, I used it. Yeah, how was that? It was weird. I mean, it was, once again, again, it was mostly gay men. Um, Interesting. And, like, I'm not sure if it was we're more just open to that like it's not as like I don't like I feel like there's something like very like I don't know like when you look at like I guess I want to say like toxic masculinity but when you look at like this idea of like what it is to be a man and like be in charge of your emotions and like make your way like kind of admitting that you need to go on an app to find friends just doesn't seem like the macho thing to do making friends after college is generally difficult like adulthood is so based on family structures I feel like and people getting into relationships and like burrowing into that but I definitely feel like heterosexual men have a harder time of it because they're not I don't know the social world seems different like girls can be really affectionate to each other even if we don't know each other well or like it's not super weird to make like more emotional advances of like I think you're really cool let's be friends with each other I feel like some of my straight guy friends seem like that that takes a little bit longer and they're usually closer to they're a girlfriend's friend group or something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always weird because, and so I was talking to one of my straight friends about this. I was talking to him about it. He's like, I feel like there's always this weirdness, especially between like gay and straight men. He's like, I'm just not sure. It's like, is he attracted to me? And I'm like, well, you realize that that's, that's not a great thing to be hearing from my end. Yeah. Like, you, don't have, you don't have that issue with girls. If you're attracted to a girl, like, she's not going to be there saying, oh, I don't think I can be friends with him because he might be attracted to me. And so I feel like there, there is that kind of 
weight and there's this there's this like self-awareness that I think a lot of heterosexual men have that's like I don't want to be seen as being less straight in some like sometimes does that make sense I think so I think guys have that hang up of being like oh being too emotionally intimate or close is like somehow queer or feminine coded yeah it's so weird and it's frustrating from I think our perspective I'd imagine at least my perspective it is yeah so I know when you were dating the last person that was a big inspiration for coming out to your parents how did it it's pretty complicated that you broke up so soon after making that effort. I, I wouldn't say it was an inspiration. I would say it was maybe like, it had been something I'd been meaning to tell my parents for a while. I always thought it would be easier to tell them if I was in a relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling myself I was like, after three dates, after four dates, after five dates, and eventually got to the point where we were on like seven or eight dates. And I was like, you know what? I should just do this. And I just gotten into grad school. So I was very excited. And so I texted my parents and I was already planning on coming to visit Atlanta in about a month. And I was just going to do it there in person so we could have these conversations. I don't know. I feel like sometimes being there physically, there's a lot to it. And I had a feeling that my parents were going to be very um, accepting and very just cool about it. So it was something that I felt comfortable doing. That being said, I had texted my mom. I was like, hey, um, I have something I want to call you about tonight. And she shot back almost immediately. She goes, oh, are you going to tell us you're gay? And I was like, uh, no, at least I wasn't. I was going to tell you about grad school, but I guess cat's out of the bag now. And then my dad sent me a couple texts being like, I want you to know that I've found peace. And as long as you're happy, I'm happy. I like these really nice texts. And I'm like, well, they definitely know. That's so cute. Yeah, rip the bandaid off. And so the, the great irony of it is I call them and I'm like, I go to grad school and everyone's super excited. And then I go, well, I also have something else I want to talk to you about. And like, I came out and they were a little bit blindsided by it, which surprised me because I was so sure on my end that they were expecting it and they knew. And when I talked to them, and I was like, what about those texts you sent me? What about those things you were telling me? They were like, oh, we were just men in general. <laughs> and so... Maybe maybe came out a little prematurely, but it was amazing because actually we were talking about relationships and talking about how it, it was an inspiration in a way for me to come out. Is The moment I came out, I felt all the emotion and time and energy I had invested into this relationship didn't, it wasn't as important because it wasn't, it wasn't holding that place that it should have been holding in my life. I was using it as a causality, like as a, as a, as a reason to come out. And I wasn't using it for what a relationship should really be used for. So it it was a lot of pressure on the relationship. So it ended up being better when that is now not a factor. I think so. I think so. I think from my end, at least, I put a lot more pressure on it. But I think I also wasn't necessarily satisfied about halfway into the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think I was more willing to be passive and not really vocalize what I need and what I wanted. Again, this is only a month of dating, so it wasn't super long, but still was at a point where I was kind of, I think, putting my own needs aside for the sake of trying to just be in a relationship, because I don't think I wanted to go back into the dating world. I don't think I wanted to go through the whole rigmarole. And then once I came out, I was like, wow, I can now take time to actually focus on me, which is why I'm taking this break from dating apps, essentially, right now, is because I think I need to still resolve a lot with my own identity. So speaking of that, can you speak to the, I've known a lot of people that say things along the lines of, I'm taking a break from the apps, or like, man, I went really hard for a bit, I'm like exhausted now. Can you speak a little bit to the kind of burnout or the feeling you get after using them intensely for a while? I think there's such a process to dating, at least dating seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm not sure how it is from people who use the apps more for hookups or for more casual relationships. But from my end, I'm looking for something serious so I'm making myself a lot more emotionally vulnerable than I normally do because I'm trying to get relate to someone on a more emotional more romantic level on top of that I've also been dealing like personally been dealing with a lot of other life stressors being the coming out and also grad school applications work being stressful and I think 
all of this just amounts to being so much that um, at the end of the day, you feel like you're putting everything, like the apps in some ways become a distraction, but also become a way of just investing more emotion and more time and more energy. And I realized, especially with how cold it is up here in the winters, it started to become my only activity. It was like my personality now is work, climbing, and dating. And yeah. I think once it starts to leak into your life in that way, you eventually are going to reach a point where the payoff isn't as good as what you're putting into it. And that's what I was reaching is I had gone through two month-long relationships pretty much back-to-back where I just was putting myself on the line and, you know, learning about dating for the first time for me, like dating seriously. At the end of it, I was just like, man, I just don't have anything more to give. Like if I, like if I went on a date right now, like in this current state, I feel like I would be the worst date ever. I think I would just be so just over it. I think you need time to kind of let yourself live and not date. And that way, when you get back yeah. into dating, you're, you should be excited about going on dates. Yeah, and it shouldn't feel like a chore. I definitely feel like there's a lot, like after I finish something from online dating, I'm like, we had the breakup or whatever, or it didn't work out. I feel just like I wish, I want to get to the point after the initial dating is done and you can just reap the benefits of being comfortable with someone. And I hate the idea of jumping back into like the cold water of the first dates again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is once you've, once you've reached that point of being comfortable with someone, but it's so easy to do that too. And I think that's what contributes to a lot of this burnout is it's so easy the moment you're like through a breakup, especially with like the short term, not super serious, but not so casual things. Like once again, for me, it was a month. It's enough time for me to start forming feelings, but not enough time for this breakup to really affect me like in a serious way. And so it's so tempting just to just hop back in and just get back into the cycle of dating and being like, oh, well, here's a catalog of, you know, available men. I I guess I'll (laughs) back in there. But I think taking a step back from it, at least for a week, because, I mean, I've redownloaded it, obviously, for the purposes of now. I think even going back a week after, I'm feeling a lot more like, okay, I would be willing to, like with two guys who've matched me right now, at least have a conversation. But I don't think I'm going to run into something. Right, right. All right. I want to move into my final segment, since this is called Tindergarten. I want some of your honest feedback on people who are either thinking of starting a dating profile or like want to make theirs better, whatever. Mm. So, <laughs> Uh-oh. We already heard how, uh, how scathing I can be earlier, so get ready. What is something you wish you had known before you started being a queer person using dating apps? I think for one is just, I don't think you should ever, I think this is, this is not just for queer dating, but I think just dating in general is don't, don't settle for, like, if, if you don't, if you're not feeling, if you're not feeling it, like, just don't go on a date just to go on a date, or don't feel like you're obligated to follow through if you're not really feeling it. Um, that being said, like, I don't feel like you should put that pressure on yourself to always be swiping or always be looking for something. Because I think it's very easy, as I said, to just kind of get caught in like that cycle of like three, four guys that you're having like a really good conversation with and then a couple of them fade out and you just fill those spaces. I think letting space between things is sometimes good. Okay. Um, to find people you're excited about. What's something that makes someone's profile instantly more attractive to you? Oh, instantly more attractive. I think good photos, for one. Like, if you have good photos, like, obviously, I'm just talking about photos where I can tell who you are. I can make out your face, but not on a less superficial level, also tell who you are as a person, like, what you do. I think it's huge for me. If you look like a fun person, I'm attracted to a fun person. I'm attracted to someone who's going to look like they're going to be a good date, right? Like, good conversation. I think on top of that, I think not oversharing on the bio, but also, like, if you're not going to overshare, like, keep it simple, but keep it fun. Yeah. Like, dating should be fun. On the other side of that, what's something that makes you instantly unmatch or ghost somebody? It takes a lot for me to unmatch. I think people who come on just, like, immediately very sexually. Yeah. Like, I'm just not, I'm not into it. I'm not looking for it. It's, like, it's just not something I want. And there's, I mean, there's platforms for that, like, explicitly for that. So I feel like when I'm using something that's a little bit more oriented towards dating and I get that, I'm just kind of like, but why? 
That's really well, interesting because you're the second queer man I've talked to who has said something like that. Who's like, when I use Tinder or Bumble, it's like a little bit more serious. So if they want to do that, they should move to Grindr. Whereas I feel like for the rest of us, Tinder is the most casual one. Right. But that's not been the vibe I've gotten, at least. But I mean, there are some people like that on Tinder. And I'm aware of that. Bumble is almost exclusively serious based on what I've seen. I think with that, too, um, I think anyone who's too picky about like what they want like when they're like only looking for masked guys or like you know like yeah no femmes or you know like i feel like at that point like i don't don't know it's just like people are people and people are going to express themselves in different ways and i understand if like certain personality types don't align or certain lifestyles don't align but i feel like putting that Kind of judgment out there immediately is a huge turnoff because it, it doesn't really show that you're open and i feel like there's so much more to I, I know the gay community can get very hung up on labels sometimes especially like when you talk about like tribes like oh he's a twink or an otter or a bear or whatever it's like there yeah there's these labels and yeah there are these kind of like things that we use to help us express or define our own identity but it's not all a person is and it's like I feel like if that's all you're hung up on you're not getting hung up on the right things do you have any advice for someone who is dating a person who is closeted or just recently out oh I I can't really speak for closeted because I didn't date until I came out I can speak for um freshly out I think I think just being open and understanding I think one of the biggest fears I had to deal with myself was this feel fear, fear of rejection that I wasn't I, like I hadn't earned my stripes yet and so for me like it like I couldn't I didn't feel comfortable sharing with a lot of people how quickly out of the closet I was and I had a lot of baggage and I had a lot of things that would have been good to talk about and I think would have been like good to have been led through and I think um, there's just this fear that you're going to be rejected because you have to just like wait it out even if you know what you want and yeah there's a lot of changes going on there's a lot happening but everyone's been through it to some extent everyone's gone through the like first couple months of coming out of the closet who when i say everyone i mean everyone who's out like i feel like there should be some kind of empathy and some guys are very empathetic about it but i think even especially when talking about sex is a scary thing at times it's like you're learning a lot about like just something that isn't foreign but you've never necessarily done before like in my case i had not been romantic with a man before I'd come out of the closet. So for me, entering into the world of dating, where it's like, obviously, a lot more people are more experienced in certain realms, you know, of the bedroom. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, I don't necessarily know if what I'm, like, if I'm doing this right, <laughs> right? Or like, what to expect, or like, if there's certain expectations, or if there's, and it, it feels like you're learning a new rule set. So I feel like just having someone to just be like, hey, it's okay. This is just like a relationship. Like we're going to do this at our own pace or just take some of that weight off, like some of that learning weight and some of that anxiety. I think, I think there's a lot of anxiety of just being, as I said, rejected for not knowing or not being out there enough. So I've been out for a while and I'm pretty like loud and proud and I've been doing this for a minute, but I relate to both of those things. So the first one about like, not having earned your stripes is a feeling that I constantly feel as a bisexual person. Like when I'm dating a woman and I'm like, she is an out lesbian. I feel like there's sometimes a weird relationship between like, oh, but I sometimes date men. So does that mean I haven't, I'm not out in the same way because it's not 100% of my time is being with women. So that can be kind of weird. And then also the sex stuff. There's a real pressure with queer sex because we we shit on straight sex, <laughs> right? And when I sleep with women, there's this, you know, it's the lesbian running joke. Like women just give head better. They like know all these things. Like a lesbian can make you come. And then when I'm actually hooking up with a woman, I'm like, I feel a lot more pressure than I usually do. And that that sucks. And I never know how to address it. I don't know how to be like, I know our community has built itself on being really proud of what we do in bed, but like, please dial it back. 
Well, and that's the other thing is, and I think it's so easy to get caught up in that instead of like the emotion of things or caught up in like, actually, like I'm attracted to you as a person. We're both attracted to each other. We're both consenting to this thing that we both want to do and we want to have, like, it should be fun. It should be a little bit romantic, like in, in my eyes, but like at the same time, like it, it kind of ruins that if you're sitting there the entire time and you're just like, oh my God, am I going to fuck this up? Yeah, for sure. That pressure is real. <laughs> Yeah, and obviously as as I've dated more and as I've gotten more comfortable in my own sexual identity, that's less of an issue. But on the forefront, I wish it was... I think also because before you come out, you hear a lot about the gay community, especially gay men, being like this part of this very big hookup culture. Such a big part of your sexual identity in some way. Like, And, and I've learned since then that that's not the case. But in the beginning, I was sitting there and I was just like, before I went on my first date, I was like, uh, like, am I expected to go back home with this guy? Like, at the end of the first date? Like, I don't think I'm ready for that. And I don't want to have that conversation. Because it's an uncomfortable uncomfortable conversation. Like, or was from my end. And it ends up that's never happened. <laughs> like, but it, it it is that fear of kind of an unknown. Right, right. That's actually all of our time for today. Thank you so much for joining me this week on Tindergarten. If you enjoyed this week's episode, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TindergartenPod. Thank you to Supermarine for making our music. To hear the complete track and more, find them on Spotify. And thank you to Kevin Shundlum for our graphic design work. Find him on Instagram at kev.bot. Until next time, class. <laughs>